This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host Melanie Studley and today, today, today we have the privilege of interviewing the wonderful, the amazing, the adorable Rachel Cruz. Rachel Cruz is a firecracker of a woman who is changing this world one bank account at a time. She is the author of several financial books which include Love Your Life Not Theirs, Seven Money Habits for Living a Life You Want, The Graduate Survival Guide, Five Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make in College, and Smart Money, Smart Kids, Raising the Next Generation to Win with Money. We were so blessed to get to chat with her about all things money and marriage, and we can't wait to share this interview with y'all. So let's just jump right in. Enjoy. So if our listeners don't know who you are, if they've been living under a rock, can you introduce yourself? Yes, I am Rachel Cruz, and I work here at Ramsey Solutions as a Ramsey personality, and I travel and speak and write books. I have a YouTube show, all the things, all content around personal finance. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on our show. We were super excited because we we follow your dad's work, and then we just read Smart Money, Smart Kids. Melanie read it and said, mm-hmm. okay, Seth, you got to read this book, and I read it, and we have three kids. We've been married 15 years, and almost 15 years, and it is just changing the way we yeah. are thinking about money and teaching our kids, so thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for gift. doing that, and the audio book is, is the best. Like, just hearing y'all read it, it's it's so much better than just reading it on a page. So thank you for yes, that. Good. Well, I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it. It was fun. Dad and I got to write that obviously together. It was kind of the first big project to do. And I was like, man, it is fun because I got to write from my perspective as the kid, obviously his as the parent. And so I, I'm glad it's helping families and you guys. So, so yeah, glad. it's amazing. Yeah. And I wanted to say really quickly that we have like 160 some episodes of our marriage podcast. We talk about all sorts of things, but we have yet 
to talk about money. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that we haven't is I'm like, I don't want to mess this up and say something that is not helpful for <laughs> a bunch of listeners. So we wanted to get the right people on here to talk about it. And you're the right lady for the job. That's so right. we're so excited to have you. Good, good, good. It's a good subject. It's like a place that a lot of couples fight about. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. So I know you had questions written down, so I'll just let you jump into yeah, the... Yeah, I had a couple of questions, but a little bit of backstory. In season one of our podcast, we had Les and Leslie Parrott on the show, and I actually did graduate work at Seattle Pacific University where he was a teacher, and I know that he does the events with you guys, and he was on the show, and also a friend of your dad's, Aaron Walker, was on the show, and we're just getting to meet more and more people from the Ramsey personalities and yeah. you know you guys and it's just been such an honor and the way that you guys teach and just carry yourselves is so inspiring to mm-hmm. me i'm like okay that's that's the bar that we want to work towards every single show and even off off the air too obviously yeah so oh, that's yeah. awesome well, thanks for saying that i appreciate it it's it's fun to get to connect with people you know on different levels and different stages of life and different career paths and all of it. So it's, it's fun to support each other, including you guys. So I I always love collaborating. It's great. So, okay, let's dive into it. So in your estimation of, you know, talking to thousands of couples about money and kids and stuff, what are some of the most common arguments about money that couples run into these days? I think the biggest clash in general, when you talk to couples is that, when it comes to money and probably other areas of life too, is that just opposites attract. So one of you is naturally going to be a saver. One of you is naturally going to be a spender. One of you is naturally going to be more of a nerd who's like, no, we have to have control. We have to do a budget. We have to know where everything's going. And the other one's usually like, it's all going to be okay. Like, why are you freaking out all the time? You know, they're a little bit more of the free spirit. And so the way that you interact with money can be so different than your spouse and the problem is, is that people do not have the tools to be able to communicate that and understand how do we work together? How do we get on the same page when we are so opposite? So it's a, it's really kind of those types that have the most conflict. So it can be, you know, arguing about, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and you get to the end of the month and you're like, man, we've, we don't, we still don't have enough money. Where did all the money go? Why did you spend so much at the grocery store? You know, and she's like, are you kidding me? You've never gone grocery shopping. And, and it has less to do about the grocery store, but it has more to do with the fact that you guys aren't on the same page when it comes to money. So it all goes back kind of to those opposites, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one is the spender, one is the saver, which I'm, I'm kind of the, the, the former, the, the spender in our relationship. And I think it does have so much to do with how we communicate, even non-financial things, and then the family of origin that we come from. As a family therapist, I talk about family of origin stuff all the time because maybe my mom was really terrible with money, but dad was kind of the same way, but she came from a a long line of accountants and people who were just on top of money, but that's not what I knew. So Mm -hmm. how how can couples kind of bridge that gap if there's such a disparity between the two, would you say? Yeah, it's a really great point that you brought up with kind of your story, going back to like how you grew up, because a lot of that is your perspective. And, And I find, you know, kind of like almost like a chart, like a a cross type chart where you have like fam, you know, you grew up in a family where it was closed off. You never heard about money. It was never talked about. You didn't know what was going on. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you had a very open family where it was talked about. There wasn't a lot of shame. But then at the same time, the other cross is, you know, was it volatile? Or was it safe? And so, you know, these different quadrants, the way people interact, because it could have been open, but it could have been volatile in the sense that 
it was a lot of fighting and you heard a lot of things. And so it was not healthy. So I think really going back to your point of understanding, okay, this is how I grew up. Because when you understand where your spouse comes from as well, you can understand their heart like never before. And Les Parrott talks about empathy a lot. And it is so true. You start to empathize and understand, okay, this is how they grew up. This is, you know, this is what they saw. This was their example. This is what they thought was right because your classroom, you know, your classroom growing up was your home. And so uh, I think understanding that is a huge foundational principle for that. But when it comes to just communication in general, I think you have to have a lot of grace for your spouse. I think you have to embrace the fact that you're going to be different. But one of the key points, it's kind of more of a tactical point, but it helps eliminate so many money fights and money problems. If you can just agree on where your money's going and doing a simple monthly budget together, it doesn't have to be this long, grueling summit that you have over 48 hours. It can be short. You can get it down. But it's amazing when you just say, hey, here's what we're going to spend on food. This is it. And if we decide to change it in the month and up that category, we'll have to lower other categories. categories. We'll talk about it. But as of it is today, like this is what we're doing. And just the simple boundaries of what a budget creates allows there to be freedom. For us spenders, I'm, I'm a spender too in our relationship. I can go and I can enjoy and I can I can go shop or I can go out to eat with a girlfriend. Like whatever it is, I can go do it because I have the freedom to know how much money is in the budget. And so that just eliminates a lot of the questions. There's no eye rolls of like, you went to Target again? You know, like that's... Like that. <laughs> isn't there because it's like, no, we said this is the amount of money we can spend. And so I I find that so helpful. It's really, it's more of a tactical principle, but man, when you can do that and it takes a few months, if you've never done a budget before, it's going to take a few months for you guys to get it right. Uh, Self, we say 90 days, three months, but after that, it's, it's incredible. Cause when you can agree on where your money's going as a couple, you're agreeing on more than just money. You're agreeing on your goals long-term. You're agreeing on your fears. Like, oh, I, I have the, the fear of, of the lack of security. If something were to happen, are we going to be okay? You know, that, that type of thing is verbalized as you're doing the budget. So you learn each other's fears. You learn each other's dreams and where you want to go. I mean, like all these things touch uh, money in our lives. And when you can agree on it together, it's incredible the amount of unity it creates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes me think of uh, when you were saying, if you can agree on where your money is going to go, how that has a huge impact. Because oftentimes we're not agreeing on where our money goes. We're just going, wait a minute, our money went there. Right. What just happened? Right. And if you think about like strolling down the aisles of Target, you're, it, it's just like trying to grab your money out of your pocket while you're walking. And if you're not thinking about, I need to be really intentional with where my money goes, it will go right out the target door. <laughs> right, that's right. Even goodbye to it. You know? <laughs> no, no. We always say you you have got to control your money versus your money controlling you. And so mm-hmm. many people live their lives where they wake up a year or even a decade and they're like, where did all my money go? Like I worked so hard. I sat in so much traffic. I went, I paid so many taxes. Like I did all these things, but where what do I have to show for it? And that's that's a place I don't want people to do. I want people not to be in that place. I want to, them to get to a place where they're doing it on purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting too. And this wasn't in your questions, but I know that you have kids. We've got three kids. We yeah. have a 10-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a almost 7-year-old. And there's a whole new world of 
uh, of money draining things out there. They've got video games. All the video games are like subscription based. You can get the, the virtual version or the physical version, but then there's upsells and there's coins you can buy. And it is so hard to navigate that space financially as a parent yeah. because your mm -hmm. kids feel that, I mean, it's like living in Target. It's like living in Target. You can't yeah. get away from it. And so it's just something I was thinking of how uh, we're having to navigate a whole new set of struggles just as having preteens and video games and that whole thing and man but the things that we learned from the book is like okay now the kids they don't get allowances oh no they get commissions right <laughs> and <laughs> we tied we it's almost like the video games are more important than the money kind of thing so we're trying to like okay well money equals video games if you want to buy those upsells yeah. and those things and they're they're slowly in their world, video in, games in, are yeah, more important in their, than money. In their, you know, that, yeah. that's their currency, right? We all have our, our currency. For us, it's money. But for them, it's video games and video game time, too. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to bridge the gap between the, the importance of money, because, you know, they're not going to play video games forever. They're going to get a real-world life. And, right. And, and we're, we're trying to teach them that. So the, the bridge between the commission of money or, or receiving money for on commission and then video games, tying that all in together with the house responsibilities, we learned a lot from uh, yeah. the book. So Yeah, mm. but the hardest thing I found is that they immediately want to spend it all. They see it, and then there's no context of, like, what else it could buy. It's just immediately tied to how much they can spend in their video games. So uh -huh. it's very yeah. frustrating. But I did actually want to ask you a question. This is not on your list. Oh, I'm so funny. sorry. But as we're doing our smart money, smart kids stuff, how much are they supposed to be saving? I'm, I just don't quite understand. I guess I missed that chapter or something. Oh, you didn't because we, uh, we didn't do specific percentages because our, our thing is around the idea that the principle itself and the, the act of it is what's going to be ingrained, not the dollar amount. Mm -hmm. And so it can be whatever you want. So like, I think for us growing up, it was like 10% giving. And I want to say it may have been 45, 45% split saving okay. spend. I can't, I don't even remember. That's the thing. Like, I'm like, I don't even remember. Cause again, the percentages don't matter as much. So you guys as a family can, can decide that. Cause maybe you say, Hey, it's going to take longer for them to save up for that video game. And so maybe we encourage them, you know, to save a little bit, you know, to put more in savings or they're close in their spending. So, Hey, yeah, you can put a little bit more in spending so you can go get the video game. I think you can, yeah. I think you can decide that as a parent. So yeah, sorry. I do. Yeah. <laughs> rule for you <laughs> no i remember you saying that in the book now that i'm thinking i just was like trying to do it with the kids i'm like i can't remember what she said we've got our give pile that's great we've got our spend but what how would we put in save because the kids are just itching to spend it always yeah, yeah. but yeah. we have to like we have like rules around we can only buy a game on this day of the week it has to, it can't be the day we get our money because we're trying to just yeah slow, to, their yeah, brains to slow down. down that reward yeah. process and because that instant gratification i mean as we even know as adults like it's so real even for for us right i'm like man i see something i want i'm like amazon prime is like terrible i'm like oh i can just buy whatever i want when i, I need batteries i just go buy batteries like you know it's it's amazing you just could get that you can scratch that itch so quickly good mm -hmm. but as kids like you guys are doing you're doing a great job but i'm like any type of setting aside and learning delayed gratification it's so it's such an important character quality not just with money and you all know this but even you know when they become adults i'm like man what a blessing to have that in their spirit of mm -hmm. taking time and having the wisdom to pause and wait because we are such a fast-paced culture that it, it's hard and it's going to be harder and harder like i have 
a three-year-old and an 18-month-old. So I can't even imagine them being like 10 and 11. I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't even know what the world's going to be like then. It really is oh, so yeah. bizarre. It's just... Ouches, yep. Yeah, it's so different. But I did want to say something that I thought of. You were mentioning, um, you know, our kids learning from our patterns and the home you grow up in is sort of your university of understanding the world. And I hadn't even thought about that. I learned most of my money principles from my mother because I spent the most time with her. But mm. that doesn't mean that. that so that's I, I learned half of my family's money principles mm. simply because of time spent at the grocery store with mom or whatever. Yes. Um, and that and my dad was probably more of the nerd type where he invested and did all of that. Mm -hmm. But because of my proximity to my mom, I only learned her style of finances. And I just think that's kind of an interesting concept that if we aren't intentionally as a family sitting down with our kids and saying, hey, this is how dad is, this is how mom is, this is how we come together around our finances. Here's what we need to learn individually and how we can grow, save, spend, give. Like if we're not doing those intentional family meetings, our children are really only learning partially, um, you know, and from, mm -hmm. and maybe they're only learning from the spender parent, you know, yeah. or the, oh. the, yeah. So I, don't, I just thought of that as we were chatting. That's, well, on That's that Every every day they get there. Well, not every day, but every week we have a, a family payday. You know, we like even play a funny song and kind of like pass out. We the make dollar it like bills, a party, you know, and it's like okay, <laughs> it's it's payday. And so then that's also another chance where we can say, okay, here we are, kids. You know, we have this payment for the house, and this money is going to go there, and this money is going to go there. So I think they are kind of getting mm -hmm. a, a a little bit of a of a better idea. What would you say that? Uh, because this, sometimes in life we, we learn like, oh, wait a minute. We learn the wrong thing about money or how to be in a relationship or a whole host of topics. Mm -hmm. So how would you say one of the best ways to unlearn bad money habits would be because, you know, we carry into our mm -hmm. relationship, our family of origin stuff. So unlearning some stuff that's like, yeah. ah, that was a wrong message. I need to unlearn that and replace it with something else. Yeah, I think the, the first part is just self-awareness and knowing what those are. I think a lot of people live in the way they've been functioning for so long that they don't even realize that they have bad money habits. And so I think you have to look at your situation and say, okay, what has helped me win? Like if you if you look at your current money situation and you say, I love where we're at. I feel in control. I feel like I'm doing things purposeful. You know, I'm I'm happy. That's a very I would say a small percentage of Americans, majority of Americans, considering 78% of them live paycheck to paycheck, are probably gonna look at their situation and be like, Yeah, no, I don't feel like I have enough in retirement. We don't have an emergency fund. We have so much credit card debt. I don't like it. So you have to understand, okay, if you do not like your current situation, you have to do things different or you're going to end up in the same place over and over and over again. And so I would map out those habits and say, okay, am I spending on impulse? Uh, am I not doing a budget? Am I not saying no to myself? Am I living and, and depending on credit cards or debt to get what I want. Like, look at your habits now. And again, if you don't like where you are, that means you're probably going to be changing some of them. And change is hard. And I don't mm. say that this prescription is going to be easy because it's, we do not like change. Naturally, the human spirit likes doing the same thing that we've been doing. We're comfortable in it. We feel like we're good at it. Even if it's stupid, we're like, we're still good at it. And so to say, okay, I'm going to change. And some people change like that. Like I'm more of that personality. If I decide I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I just decided one day randomly at work, I'm going to run a half marathon. I've never been a runner in my life. I'm going to run a half marathon. I went to TJ Maxx, got all the running clothes, went to Fleet Feet, got the shoes, did my training for literally four weeks and quit in the middle of one of my runs. I was like, this is so stupid. I'm done. I quit. And uh. I started. Like it was so bad. But that's me. I mean, I can change on a dime where my husband, he's a processor. He's like, uh, if he was going to do that, he's like, I'll buy the shoes first. 
I'll wear the shoes around the house. I'll think, okay, do I want to run them? If so, I'll invest in a few things here. I'll, t- I'll talk to a few people that like, it's a, it's a process for him. And so I think to know your change style is important as well. Cause when you're married, that can frustrate your spouse. One of you is ready to oh, yeah. you know, change on a dime. And the other one's like, Oh, let's just cut up one credit card and see how we feel. And so understanding, yeah, that your habits, that they're, your habits have to change, but the way you change is different. And I think just understanding about yourself is going to help you so much. And the great thing is like everything that we teach, common sense, biblically based, and it works. Like for 25 years, we've been helping people get out of debt and get in control of their money. So I feel beyond confident in our message. And I always tell people, do it for six months. And if you hate it, like if you pay down $20,000 of debt and you absolutely hate it, you can get back in debt as fast as you got, you know, you, you can do it quick. You can go back to your old lifestyle. But the thing is, is when you taste freedom and you understand it's hard work, but man, for the first time in my life, we have an emergency fund that if someone loses a job for three months, we're, we're okay. Like that's, that is unfathomable for so many people. So I just think it's, it is, it is powerful. So what we talk about, it works and it's hard to do, but man, when you do it and you can work with your spouse, it's an incredible thing. Mm-hmm. And I will say, because we started listening to Dave Ramsey's show years ago, when we when we started our journey of getting out of debt and taking control of our finances, and I remember listening to the show and just being like, I understand like two percent of what they're saying, but I'm just gonna keep on trying. And my yeah. favorite part, the thing that kind of kept me listening, was the debt free screams. Oh, and it was like every, every time. single time I'm like, they're debt free. Like I get all weepy and and it really is like you can you can viscerally feel the freedom and the the lifting of these like shackly chains off of these people as they share. But all of that to say, I want to encourage people if they start listening or reading your your books and and it doesn't make sense at first to just keep on trying and staying in it and listening and learning. Eventually, the like the dots will connect and things will make more sense. And that's when that that's sort of like that process of change. And because I felt totally out of my league when we were starting that because I had no financial anything when we yeah. started. Um, and but I then, think that's the beauty of it. You yeah. don't you don't have to be a genius to do all mm-hmm. this stuff. You just have to be willing to try. Like in in couple sessions, I'm like, let's just try this. You don't have to be a professional. Maybe you've done it wrong a hundred thousand times. Let's just try one more yep. time, and mm-hmm. you can do it. Okay, you know, steady progress in the same direction is is good progress, yeah. right? Over time. It's good. Mm-hmm. you had a qu- uh, well, it's just, yeah, the personal finance side. Uh, kind of back to what y'all were saying is, you know, we always say that personal finance, it's 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. Like the understanding it's, it's pretty much, you know, once you get it, it's like, oh, live on less than you make, get out of debt. You know, you, you start to be like, okay, okay. It's kind of common sense, but the behavior side, that's the tough one. And that's what, yeah, you were just saying, like any kind of progress you can make gets you on the right spot. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Right now we're reading uh, another book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad right now. Oh yeah. And- it's Robert. a great book, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. and we're learning just uh, like what rich people do, and I've heard you guys talk about, okay, think like a rich person, then you grow like a rich person. Think like a poor person, then you're going to act mm-hmm. like a poor person. What do you wish that people knew about money just at like a, a base level? Mm. Um, it's Again, I feel like it's probably common sense, but it's the truth of it is that you have to be the one to decide that you're going to change and that you're going to be in charge of your money. I think we feel like a lot of out, um, 
a lot of like, you know, outside forces and, and outside institutions and things like that. Like, oh, everything affects me. And there's a whole lot of personal responsibility you have to take on. People are not going to fix your problem. You're going to fix your problem. And you have to get to a point where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired that you mm-hmm. say, I've had it. I'm done. And the human spirit is powerful because once you get to this point, and so for some people, it's rock bottom. Sadly, you know, a crisis happens, something happens, and they say, okay, I cannot continue to live my life like this. That's when they decide to make a change. And, and so I would say it's that. It's up to you. No one else is going to fix your world for you. No one's going to fix your money problems. You have to decide. So that's the good news. You have the control over it. You don't have the control over everything, obviously, but you have the decision you get to make. But that's the bad news too, is that it's up to you. And and that's it. I just, I wish I could encourage people to take their destiny in their hands, as cheesy as that sounds, but I'm like, man, you can do this. And people get very overwhelmed because they're in a lot of hopeless situations. You know, they're they're not maybe making a ton of income and they have twice as much debt. And it's just like the numbers are overwhelming. And so encouraging them, no matter where you are, we've met people on in every stage of life, every season of life, every income level, every debt level. But when you decide you can do something, you can do it. Some people, it's going to take a little bit longer, but no matter who you are, you can. And so that hope is what you have to have. And so many people are hopeless. So when you're hopeless, it's really hard to get up and keep moving. And so just being able to interject hope for people to say, if you want your situation changed, you get to decide for it to change and you can do it. Yeah. You know, the more I'm hearing you talk just in person, I'm like, there are so many analogies between marriage issues and relationship issues. And we actually do have way more. You mean marriage issues and financial issues? Yeah. Sorry. Financial (laughs) issues. I was was tracking. We do have you know, we can take control of our destiny, you know, as, as funny as that does sound, but you really do have the power because, you know, in, in bad relationships, oftentimes, well, if I'm, I'm sad because they're this way, or I'm sad because they want X, Y, Z, but I found personally, and then with my clients, it's like, okay, when you decide to make the change for yourself, most, you know, 95% of the time, your spouse is going to see that and say, oh my goodness, okay, I want some of what they have. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, Les or Leslie said this one time on, on our show, yeah. the same tide rises all boats, right? And just that that is such an empowering fact that a lot of us don't really kind of take hold of, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, we want to be really thoughtful of your time. And I know we only have a few minutes left uh, with you. But I did want to ask, tell us all about the places we can find you. I know you've got an amazing show. You're on IGTV all the time. You're adorable. (laughs) You talk about all sorts of great things. I just want to be your friend. But anyway, tell all of our listeners, (laughs) tell all of our listeners where we can find you and what we should look at first of your work and all that stuff. Oh, thank you. Uh, Yeah, you can find me on every social media, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all at Rachel Cruz. You can go to rachelcruz.com to find books and everything. And I'm actually launching a contentment journal, which I'm so excited about. So it launches April 2nd. I'm not sure when this is going to air. So it may have already launched by then. Uh, but it's a 90 day guided journal all about contentment. Cause we talk about the tactics of money. Obviously we talked a little bit about that getting out of debt and budgeting, but the heart issues of money are just as important. Learning gratitude and humility and contentment and contentment's powerful. When you are content, you're able to win with money faster. Content people can sacrifice their lifestyle to get out of debt. Content people can save money. And so we're just a culture. We're like a rat in a wheel. We just run, 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 getting nowhere, thinking that just if I can just accumulate more stuff and I'm not happy because I'm seeing this person on social media. And it's just, oh, we just like 
oh, it's like discontentment everywhere. And I struggle with it too. So, uh, so yeah, so I did a, a 90 day guided journal called the contentment journal. So I'm really excited about that. And, uh, yeah, so you can check that out. That's, oh, that's awesome. Really we will cool. definitely yeah. check that out. I, I keep a journal every day and it makes me think of how Elrod miracle morning mm-hmm. stuff like, and for me, I absolutely have to keep track of something every day to make sure I'm making progress and just to almost yeah. inspire myself, you know, listen to great sure. podcasts or all kinds of things. So I think that 90 day thing will be giant yeah, and you know 21 amazing. days to break and build new habits and all that stuff so that yes. i mean i think people that get that and do the full 90 days are just going to be i will rock stars buy that as soon as i see it i mean i will have used my saved up money for spending it's okay <laughs> no, i'll ship one to you since we're friends seriously we'll oh. connect. Yes, I, will, I will give you one for sure that is amazing oh. that would yeah. be so cool because contentment is one of the things that i think is the hardest pattern to break because you don't realize it feels so it, urgent like but i want it but if you can sit there and think about contentment it t- completely changes your perspective so i'm so excited that you're writing that uh, and you thanks. already wrote it but no, no, no. thanks 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 so a couple of last questions maybe one or two what is bringing you inspiration right now Ooh, what is bringing me inspiration right now um i would say Okay, I don't know if it's inspiration. It's more, and as a counselor, you probably will appreciate this. I'm so learning that like, and I'm sure there's a counseling phrase, so I'll even quote you, but there has to be something about self-awareness. Like when you are self-aware, you're more successful in life. You're more successful, I think, in your marriages and your friendships and your parenting. Like, so I'm just learning to be more self-aware. So the Enneagram, are y'all into the Enneagram? I was just going to say Are you kidding? <laughs> y'all, I'm obsessed. Like, I can't stop. And it's been a little while. But for real, I'm like, it has opened. It has, and people say all the time, but it's true. It's just giving me verbiage between me and my parents, my siblings, my husband, my kid. Like, not my kids quite yet. I'm not sure what they are. But like, I don't know, all the things. So it's just been so enlightening. And I feel like I just have just a more grateful and appreciation for the way God's created these people in my life. So I don't know. I'm, on, I'm kind of on a kick right now. We'll get yeah, no, another call. I'm a seven. And uh-huh. Seth is a nine. I'm a nine. Yeah. Okay. What about you? What are you? I thought I was a seven. Like I read through all this stuff. I was like, oh, I'm a seven. I didn't turn out to be a seven. I'm a three. I was going <laughs> to say about that, but I am. <laughs> no, three is good. I was actually, three was like one of the closest ones. I'm like three, seven or eight. And yeah, so I, think, seven. I think threes and sevens could be mixed up at times. Uh, like I think we are really close, but. Yeah, so I'm a three, and man, it's just, it's just made me more self-aware on things. I'm like, wow, like so. Yeah, uh, that's my that's my big thing right now. Oh, yeah, well, we're that's, so in that's it. awesome. We, I, I think self-awareness is the beginning of change. So you can quote me on that, right? <laughs> yeah, and I will quote you. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Studley says, <laughs> "Yeah, self-awareness is the beginning of change." Because if I don't know what's broken out there, if I don't know what's sideways or kind of wonky. How am I going to know to fix it? That's right. right? That's, I, yeah. I only know like something's wrong if my tire, you know, some of the bolts are falling like a, off. And a I'm... three-legged dog doesn't know he only has three legs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> a weird analogy, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. But anyway, well, this has been really amazing and we want to respect your time. We can't tell you how like much we've loved this, how wonderful your books are, how amazing you are. And again, you're adorable. I just have to say it twice at least. And uh, we would love to talk to you again at some time. Maybe we'll come out to wherever you are and just party and hang out. And well, yeah. Nashville, Enneagram yeah. Stuff. Nashville, let me know for sure. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You guys are doing awesome Thank work. So thanks. Awesome. Well, thank All you right. so much. Have a great rest of your day. We hope that you loved Rachel's interview just as much as we did. But we 
double hope that you go to Audible or Amazon or an actual bookstore and buy her books and then pull out your phone and watch her TV show or listen to her podcast because she is sharing amazing stuff that we know y'all are going to find so helpful. And we can't wait to hear the impact that her work has on your financial journey. We are so jazzed if you couldn't tell. Anyway, we love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And please remember to rate and review our show on iTunes if you dig what we do. Okay, have a wonderful day. Bye. Okay, what's up, guys? I hope you absolutely enjoyed that wisdom sharing with Rachel Cruz. She's just a fun person. She is a lovely lady. We're glad that you're here on our Ramsey weekend. We hope that you go to DaveRamsey.com forward slash hope to get your free 14-day trial of Financial Peace University. Again, this is a program that changed so many things in our lives, so we wanted to share that with you. Make sure that you connect with them. Mm-hmm. Get books for 10 bucks. Get audiobooks for $3.99. So don't miss out. Go to DaveRamsey.com forward slash hope and check out their resources. You can thank us later. All right, All right. guys. Later. See you later. Bye. Bye.